94. Love Truth There is an enormous difference between loving truth, loving doctrine, and loving opinion. It is fearfully easy, however, to confuse the three. We all love our opinions. That is one of life's givens. Few things are so precious to us. Likewise, we all love the spiritual ideas that make up our belief systems. That, too, is a given. Truth, however, exists on a higher plane than either opinion or doctrine. The true lover of truth recognizes at the outset that his own opinions are flawed. They are the very human attempt of his mind to sift and sort his perceptions and conclusions, using the training and teaching he has received to make sense of life and the world. But he recognizes that his range of opinions is not perfect. They cannot thus be said to represent truth. Some of his opinions will be true, but he will find that some of them are also wrong. And as C.S. Lewis says, even among his wrong ideas, some are nearer truth than others. The lover of truth will recognize the same thing about his beliefs. No belief system, no catalog of spiritual precepts can be 100% accurate. So even as he endorses ideas that he believes to be true, he does so knowing that the possibility exists for error. He recognizes his opinions and beliefs as incomplete signposts on life's progressive journey toward ultimate truth. For such a one, then, what he calls truth represents the eternal prize, the high calling, as Paul calls it, toward which he is growing, but which he realizes he will never completely reach in this life. Opinions and beliefs are fluid. They remain subject to change as we move along life's road. As experience, fresh ideas, a wider range of relationships, and the deeper appropriation of previous beliefs all mature and expand, our perceptions and beliefs expand with them. The Christian man or woman sees the Holy Spirit as guiding this progression of growth, development, and deepening wisdom, according to the promise Jesus gave his disciples to send them the Spirit of Truth. Loving truth, then, requires the recognition that our opinions and beliefs do not represent full truth. They are revelations toward truth. The self-righteous insistence that I am right and you are wrong has been an Achilles' heel to Christendom's witness through the ages. Contrary as it seems, this insistence is not founded on love of truth at all, but love of doctrinal opinion. Humility concerning our opinions and doctrines, therefore, is one of the first and most important ingredients in love of truth. Having laid this foundation, I am free to seek and love truth hungrily and eagerly, stretching my heart and brain into realms beyond opinion and doctrine, and especially beyond my own partial grasp of what I call truth. The quest for truth becomes no mere accumulation of that driest of empty husks called spiritual knowledge. 
It is rather an ever-enlarging, ever-expanding awareness of the great more of eternity, which God is anxious to reveal and is beginning to reveal to obedient hearts. Not content with a status quo of doctrine or opinion, with David we cry to God to enlarge our understanding. Psalm 119 resounds with a heart's cry of growth. I will delight in thy statutes. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things. I am a sojourner on earth. I will run in the way of thy commandments when thou enlargest my understanding. Give me understanding. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I hasten and do not delay to keep thy commandments. Oh, how I love thy law! Love rejoices with the truth. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 5 and 6 We commend ourselves by truthful speech. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 4 and 7 Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, putting away falsehood. Let every one speak the truth with his neighbor. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying, that it may impart grace to those who hear. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15, 25, and 29. Whatever is true, Think about these things. Philippians 4.8 Guard the truth. 2 Timothy 1.14 Whoever knows what is right to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. James 4.17 From the Commands of the Apostles by Michael Phillips Read by Michael Kimball more information on this and similar writings may be found at fatheroftheinklings.com. Visit Amazon to purchase the Commands of the Apostles and other books by Michael Phillips.